This story starts with a dog. My dog, Sadie, she was a, a golden lab, a sweet dog. And, of course, an owner. She had been a Christmas present uh, to, to my kids a few years before that. And sadly, some bad news. She uh, developed um, a mass uh, on the inside of her mouth. Our veterinarian said, well, um, this, you know, this is squamous cell carcinoma. It's a, you know, an aggressive cancer. From the vet's point of view, things didn't look good for Sadie. But lucky for her, two of Sadie's owners had a different perspective. My, my two girls, they were still young at that point, and they said, oh, Daddy, you do cancer research. Can't you do something for Sadie? Can't you make one of your, your vaccines for her? And I thought, well... At the time, Sadie's dad, Dr. Mark Suko, was experimenting with a vaccine for prostate cancer in rats. And I thought, well, this... I said, no, kids, I, I can't do that. I mean, it's all experimental. He had good results. They pleaded. Really good results with rats, not with dogs. Finally, I, I said, well, I, I suppose I could try. We, we got a piece of the tumor, and um, I created a vaccine, and we gave her the first dose. After a week, we gave her the second dose, and a few days after that, we noticed that the, the tumor that was still there, uh, it started to get smaller. It started to shrink and sort of become opaque. And by the third dose, um, it was essentially gone. And so we, we took her back to our veterinarian, and our veterinarian said she had never seen anything like it. Sadie was a lucky dog. So Sadie lived for an additional two-plus years, cancer-free, uh, before dying of natural causes. And other dogs have been lucky, too. My name is Ashley Kalinowskis. I'm the founder and CEO of Torigen Pharmaceuticals. Other dogs have been lucky because of Ashley. From the time she heard this story in 2010, she started thinking how more dogs could be helped. And I reviewed all of the publications. I started working in the laboratory. It really came up, why not vet? Why, why not pets? Four million dogs and four million cats will be diagnosed with cancer this year alone. So what can we do in order to, to, to really make a difference here? Ashley is making a difference. She's blazing the path for canine immuno-oncology. They call it immuno-oncology because it's not like traditional cancer treatment. It's a vaccine, and it's called Vetivax. Ashley and her team are healing dogs and some cats with cancer using the same technology Dr. Mark Suko used on his own dog. Ashley and her team have saved more than 250 pets already. And she's not stopping there. Welcome back to Inside Yukon Tip. I'm Ali Oshinsky, and this is the story of Torigen Pharmaceuticals. A cure for cancer has long eluded scientists of all kinds. There are treatments and standards of care, but to date, it seems many cancers just can't be cured can't be cured yet. There's a lot of hope and a lot of good strategies out there. But like most successful scientific discoveries, hope starts somewhere that you'd never expect. So I had been working with vaccines uh, for uh, a bacterial pathogen of rabbits. Dr. Mark Suko is a research veterinarian at the University of Minnesota. But back then, 
Around 2010, he was at the University of Notre Dame. A colleague of his had developed a colony of rats for experiments on prostate cancer, and he invited Dr. Suko to use them for his research. I had never really thought about it much, but I, I started to wonder, well, I, you know, I've uh, done some work with uh, vaccines against bacteria. I, I wonder if it's possible to, uh, to create a vaccine you know, for cancer, out of cancer cells. His wondering led to some studies on rats to see if he could prevent prostate cancer with a vaccine. And that wondering led to some good results. We could actually reduce the incidence by 90%, which was a very striking result, 90%. And so I started to wonder, I wonder if we can actually use this to treat prostate cancer. Uh, So we did some additional studies and found that we could uh, reduce the incidence by uh, 70%. He also tried this on ovarian cancer and skin cancers and got more good results. Dr. Suko had found a way to stop cancer in its tracks. It wasn't stem cells. It wasn't radiation or more chemicals. It was a vaccine. By you know taking a, a piece of tumor tissue and, and producing a, uh, a vaccine out of it, we can really reduce the... Uh, Uh, the growth of these cancers, and the spread of these cancers. Wait, a vaccine? Vaccines are typically administered to prevent disease, like chickenpox or the mumps. Think about it. Have you ever had the mumps? Probably not, because you got your vaccine. But cancer, on the other hand, it's usually only treated after it's found. Sure, we do things to prevent it, like wear sunscreen or quit smoking, but that's not a guarantee against cancer. Vetivax is a vaccine to treat cancer after it's been diagnosed. At the simplest level, vaccines take what could attack the body, say a virus or pathogen, and teach the immune system what to do if it encounters that invader. So let's imagine your cute little immune system. Oh, hello there. In battle. Oh, boy. Essentially, he's got two major weapons of battle, the humoral arm and the cell-mediated response. In either case, your immune system acts like a general, telling his troops when to attack. Listen up, troops. We got a big task ahead of us today. We got to take some bacteria down. Fortunately for him, when a foreign pathogen enters the body, it's wearing a little protein name tag called an antigen or a target. For the first line of defense, general immune system enlists the help of patrol proteins. Antibodies, what's your status? That run around your body. Awaiting your order, boss. It's called antibodies. And these antibodies can then bind uh, to targets, uh, whether they're bacteria or viruses. Each of them has a specific task, and they respond to specific antigens, the name tags. And when they bind to these targets, uh, they can essentially inactivate them. They can lead to their destruction. If the antibodies have done their job, the pathogens don't stand a chance. Well done, boys. Thanks, boss. Next, the general brings in the big guns. The cell-mediated arm of the immune system on the other He calls in some help of the white blood cells. They recognize their dinner based on those little name tags. And then it's time to eat. Is that 
Is that bacteria over there? Oh my gosh! Uh, and then these um, these cells uh, of the immune system, once stimulated, they can go out and directly attack bacteria. They can uh, attack uh, cancer cells or other other abnormal uh, cells that might be present. Delicious! Oh my gosh! They call in a few other friends called T cells to help finish the job. Hey, T cells! T cells! This bacteria is not going to eat itself. Cancerous cells, like any other foreign substance in the body, should be attacked by the immune system. But cancer's tricky. Cancer is a cell that's gone through a series of mutations, so it can sneak around the body and grow into a tumor undetected. Here's Ashley again. What happens in tumors is essentially you now have a microenvironment that either senesces or quiets down the immune system, blocks the immune system from coming in, or blocks the immune system from building a response. So because all of these mutations happened in a very specific way, you now have the immune system not being activated to what went wrong. The immune system is caught off guard, and in the meantime, a tumor is growing, pulling on the body for support, and taking important nutrients away from the organs that need them. There are techniques to kill these tumors, like chemotherapy or radiotherapy. These use the brute force of chemicals or radiation beams to kill these sneaky, quickly replicating cells. But these methods are harsh on the immune system. Cancer is a cunning opponent for the immune system. But it has at least one flaw. It always wears a name tag. And tumors overexpress specific tumor-associated antigens. So those are found on cancerous cells, but they're not found on your normal healthy self-tissue. So the vaccine that Dr. Suko developed wakes up the immune system to those cancer antigens. All of these targets uh, from all of this material are present then in the vaccine so that Vedivax has this huge array of, of targets that are being presented to the immune system. The immune system becomes stimulated and, uh, and then responds through cell-mediated immunity. So the immune system is actually fighting the cancer itself. And that's why Ashley calls it an autologous cancer immunotherapy. Because they are using the body's own cancer cells to treat the dog's cancer. And because they use the tumor to create the vaccine, they add a substance so the body can recognize the cancer. It's sort of like they can pull off the disguise that cancer sneaks around in. So your immune blood cells are actually able to eat it up because it's the right size to actually have that intracellular phagocytosis. So many things had to go wrong and mutations had to happen to cause cancer. So similarly, a treatment for cancer has to fit a whole list of requirements. It has to hit certain targets, and that list is so specific that it needs to be personalized to each dog. We could call it canonized, <laughs> and then the dog. It's taken from that animal, and that is what we make the vaccine into. It only goes back directly into that animal. This treatment cannot be used for any other patient because it's really specific. It's understanding the body and, and training the body that what went wrong now needs to be corrected. Vedivax is not a one-size-fits-all vaccine. It's a personalized vaccine, and it fits into this new field of medicine called personalized immunotherapeutics.
immunotherapeutics in general, the overall goal is curative intent by stimulating the immune system. That's where the field is moving into, and it's going to be a while before we get there, um, but it's our goal to find a cure for companion animal cancer. And that cure is just around the corner. In dog years, it's taken Vetivax almost 50 years to get to this point. And now, things are really moving. They hope to publish results of their studies later this year and get USDA approval. But back in 2010, when Dr. Suko got his first results, he had no intention of spending the next eight years building a company. When I first got these results, I uh, mentioned them to somebody at the university, I said, "Oh, we we you know we really got sort of this interesting data, and it's uh, you know I think I, I think I should publish this." And this guy said to Dr. Suko, "You've got intellectual property here. You've got a patent this." So I thought, "Well, this is silly. I you know I I don't think this you know I just want to publish some papers and do the things that uh, university." professors do. You might be thinking, what? This guy has a potential treatment to cancer with really good results, and he doesn't want to patent it? But you've got to understand the context that researchers like Dr. Suko are working in. Historically, most faculty publish, and that's, that's pretty much it. Because the research is just one part of the equation. After results, there would be patents, and then more research, funding for that research, and if you're looking to commercialize, meaning bring that treatment to market, you're going to need investors. And then there's the biggest hurdle of all, FDA approval. That's where the most important element to Vetivax came in, Ashley. She'd just started at the University of Notre Dame in a combination scientific master's MBA program. For the MBA, she had to write up a business plan as a thesis, and for her lab work, she was placed in Dr. Suko's lab. She heard the story about Sadie, and being a good scientist, she asked a question. Why not vet? Why, why not pets? And then another question. And I asked him, like, can I choose to do my thesis for the Notre Dame Business Plan Competition? She said, uh, one day she came in and said, you know, I, I want to I create a business out of this. And I thought, oh, you silly. <laughs> but I said, well, go ahead. You know, if you if you want to try, you know, create a business plan. And I, I felt that I was mostly humoring her. And he was like, I think that would be a great exercise. But I had seriously underestimated the, the drive uh, of that young woman because she, <laughs> she uh, you know, really came up with a sound business plan and has really kind of carried this through now to the point where it is being commercialized. Ashley won second place in the competition. The next morning, we had a line of investors waiting to meet with us. So I looked to, looked to Mark and I said, Mark, are, are we doing this? And he was like, I'll be in there every step of the way if this is what we want to do. Dr. Suko's research is what makes the treatment successful, but Ashley is the reason it's a treatment in the first place. The reason 250-plus dogs have been treated for cancer. And Dr. Suko says that the academic research world is actually warming to the idea of bringing their work to market. Because otherwise it just kind of sits on a shelf somewhere. Um, and that's, you know, that's what 
probably what would have happened with my work if Ashley hadn't gotten involved. This is Bindi Sue. She's just outgoing. She loves to play. Very good watch out. Very good. Any any noise at all, you, you know something's up. Tim is Bindi Sue's human. My name is Tim Pettit, and our baby's name is Bindi Sue, and she is a Pomeranian. Bindi Sue is one of the 250-plus dogs who've been treated with Vetivax. Since then, she has not had any reoccurrence of the actual tumor. I think it's the greatest thing since his shirt pocket. Bindi Sue was a champ through chemo and surgeries, but Tim knew his baby was suffering. And we knew we were just actually poisoning her uh, with the palladia. That's palladia is a type of chemo in a pill. Um, and we just felt awful, but that was the only, the only thing we knew of. But Vetivax, on the other hand... This stuff does not poison anything. You don't have any reactions to anything, not even injection site. Really? That very few of the patients experienced any adverse events. Um, of those patients that did, it was injection site swelling, irritation, redness, or lethargy, that their dog was a little sleepy. This is where Vetivax is right now. With Ashley's guidance, they are in the middle of a mammoth task of getting a safety and efficacy study published. And it'll happen soon. We're in experimental treatment with unproven safety and unproven efficacy at the moment by regulatory standards, but our goal is to become a fully approved product uh, within 2018. Unproven safety and efficacy doesn't mean it doesn't work. It means Vetivax has helped 250 dogs so far, and they're one step closer to the biggest prize, USDA approval. Earlier I mentioned FDA approval. That's the approval for human drugs. USDA approval is for pets and animals. Ashley and Dr. Suko decided to start with dogs, not only because of Sadie's story, but because starting with man's best friend could lead to a really good thing for their owners. It's widely accepted. In fact, there, uh, at, at NIH, there is a program that supports using canine cancer patients as a way to establish proof of concept for products that might ultimately be destined for the human market. We believe because of that, once we demonstrate uh, efficacy in a Vetivax in dogs, that uh, it's a logical leap to, um, probably not even a leap, probably more of a hop to uh, start to look at application in humans. There's an immense amount of hope in this technology. And for Ashley, her hope comes from the team of scientists making Vetivax work. I mean, one of the things we've been really blessed with is that the right people or the right information, the right opportunity has kind of always laid itself out. And I really think that's because our team as individuals, like we're always set to doing the right thing and our hearts are in the right place. And we're in this to help pets. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. Vetivax's journey has been sprinkled with success. From just one lucky dog to a lucky company, Ashley and her team at Torigen are changing what it means for your best friend to be diagnosed with cancer. And that's something we can all bark about. (laughs) 
Inside Yukon Tip is a production of Pod Stories. Voice acting in this episode provided by Joel Atkinson, Drew Marina, and Danielle Shalou. Special thanks to Mustafa Analui, Paul Parker, Paige Rassid, and Nicole Baccaro. And thank you, WHUS Studios, for letting us use your space. The voices you heard in this episode were Ashley Kalinowskis, Dr. Mark Suko, Tim Pettit, and Bindi Sue Pettit. For more information on Vetivax and how it might be able to help your pet, please visit vetivax.com, V-E-T-I-V-A-X.com. And for more information on TIP, please visit tip.yukon.edu. If you love this podcast and want to hear more about the awesome technology coming out of TIP, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to give us a little extra love, rate and review the podcast. I'm Ali Oshinsky, and this was Inside Yukon Tip, making the technology of tomorrow today. <laughs>